Welcome to Rooftop, the UK's only dedicated roofing podcast brought to you by NFRC. I'm Phil Campbell. And I'm Pip Applegate. In this podcast, we interview industry figures, thought leaders and technical experts to make sure you are leading in roofing excellence. Welcome to the most recent episode of the Rooftop podcast. Um, We're today joined by Wendy Bradley um, from JCT Taxline. Um, so this previously was um, a service provided to us by somebody called Liz Bridge, um, who did it for quite a number of years, um, but is now um, retired. And Wendy has stepped up and is now providing this fantastic service to members every month called the JTC Tax Line. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end, um, about what that is and how members can access that. Um, but um, we're going to talk to Wendy about some of the tax changes that are happening at the moment and what members need to know and how they can prepare with them. So, Wendy, welcome. Hello, thank you very much. So, just to start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your background, and a little bit about the JTC Newsline, please? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm a retired tax inspector like Liz. I first met Liz um, when the first CIS scheme was going through. I was doing stakeholder Mm. engagement and communications at the HMRC end, and she was obviously uh, representing the industry on stakeholder meetings. And we Mm -hmm. rapidly identified each other as the most sensible people in the room, (laughs) and we've carried on being friends ever since. Um, I now um, have left the revenue and I do a bit of freelance writing. And Liz approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in taking on the newsline. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) She's still doing the members' queries. Um, I don't feel that that's my area. I'm better at reading legislation and translating it into English. That's my (laughs) special skill, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) Which is perfect for our sort of membership in that respect, like you said, to have that service on hand. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, so having had a look through the latest JTC Newsline, could you tell us a little bit more about one of the features, which is about the um, health and social care levy? Yes, this is the thing that's been brought in um, that's supposedly going to pay for all of our care in our old age and is going to beef up the NHS. It's essentially a new tax from next year, from April 2023. Mm-hmm. But the next tax year that's starting next month, uh, the mechanism isn't in place for a new tax. So it's going to be an increase to national insurance contributions. Okay. Um, it's one and a quarter percent and it it just goes um, through the same mechanism as an ordinary national insurance increase. Uh, Martin Lewis pointed out the a week or so ago that although it's being flagged as a 1.25% increase, it's actually, when you look at it, something more like 10% because it's increasing to one, it's increasing by 1.25% of your um, salary but that is an increase of something like 10% of the amount that you pay in NIC, which I thought was a huge point. I mean, it makes no practical difference to you, but it does mean, uh, it does show you how much this 
this levy is going to make a difference. It's not um, what we call in the trade hypothecated. It's not taken out of general circulation and used only to pay um, for health and social care. Like national insurance itself, it goes into the general pot in the Treasury and then the Treasury dis distribute that to different departments. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot you need to do except allow for an increase next year. Um, take that into account when you're factoring co in cost of labour, when you're making estimates and so on. And make sure that your um, software and whoever your software provider is, is prepared next year to, to have an extra, presumably it'll be an extra box on the form. <laughs> but I don't think HMRC mm -hmm. actually got the mechanism sorted yet. I imagine there'll be a technical consultation <laughs> during the year. So it's but as of April this year, that's when people notice the difference, as it were. April this yeah. year, you'll notice the, the amount you pay in NIC goes up. Yeah. And I doubt it's going to go down again. <laughs> mm. so, so just to clarify then, so it's going to be an national insurance contribution rise this year, but then next year will be a separate tax. Have I understood that correctly? Yes. And the, um, the promise is that uh, the national insurance will go back down by the same amount next year, but the, the levy will stand, stand separately makes sense yeah good good so i guess the biggest impact for our members then will be on labor costs won't it in, for, yes. in terms of the increase yeah good okay um so obviously we've passed the deadline for self-assessment so uh um <laughs> it's a bit of a strange question to bring that up um but it was featured in the most recent uh news line uh, could you explain why that was and and what decision hmrc have taken related to self-assessment yeah, well, I have to confess here, I haven't done my tax return yet. <laughs> Essentially, there's a lot going on. There's been yeah. a lot going on with every in everybody's lives. So none of the legal requirements have gone away. You are, you are or were still required to put your tax return in by the end of January. You're still required <laughs> to pay the tax by the same amount. All that's happened is HMRC have said, we won't charge you a penalty if you're late this year. So I would have had to pay them £100 for not having put my tax return in yet. If I get it in by next Monday, I won't have to pay that £100. I will still have to pay the interest on any tax that's due that's being paid late. Um, but it's just a, a small relaxation um, in recognition of the fact that we've all had various traumas in our lives so mm -hmm. the the key message to take away is if you haven't done your tax return yet don't panic just do it um, there's nobody going to come and and uh, descend on you um with a spike mm -hmm. club because you haven't done it yet nobody's mm -hmm. going to charge you you know a million pounds of interest so you might as well hide under a rock and pretend it isn't happening get on with it and do it what yeah. you've done what HMRC have done is saved you the £100 penalty, but you still have to put the thing in. Even if you don't get it in till March, it will still be better to get it in than not get it in. Yeah. And, you know, you might have to pay the £100. You might have to pay a few quid in interest, mm -hmm. but do it. Um, if you're really worried, see an accountant to get them to do it for you. But accountants are busy people too. 
the the only thing that's different is they are just cutting back a little bit on the pressure to get it in by the end of the month. There's about a million, I think it was a million and a quarter the last time I saw the figures, people who haven't got it in yet. But there's always a rush towards the end of the month. And I expect, yes. like me, a lot of people will be rushing to get it done over the weekend. I was going to say, a busy weekend ahead, <laughs> yes. sifting through paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that difficult when you get down to it. It's just the, the thought of sitting there and doing it. Yeah, I quite frequently tweet over that weekend and go, can I just pay them the £100 and not do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, sadly, you can't. You do have to do it. <laughs> Oh dear. I was going to say, you mentioned obviously um, when we were talking about sort of the, the reason for giving the extra month or so in terms of the deadline of obviously COVID, you know, being one of the key things that's affected us all in the last couple of years. And that's obviously one of the topics that was in the, the news le- newsline as well. Um, and I noted that there was um, restri- restrictions have ended and can obviously staff still claim their COVID sick pay? That was the sort of theme that we sort of touched upon in the in the newsline. I wonder if we could sort of expand on that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that the the first scheme to reimburse people for employers for um, COVID sick pay had ended, and they've started again with it. So, provided you were set up as an employer last November and had the requisite number of employees. Then from December, any of your employees who have to take time off with COVID, you can um, you can get reimbursement from the government for the sick pay. Um, and I I was kind of mocking it a little bit in the newsletter <laughs> because the records you have to keep in case they come back and look at it include um, the reasons why your employees said they were off with sick pay with COVID. And I'm like, well. Presumably, they want more than because we had COVID. I was going to say, almost the, the question has the answer in it, doesn't it, in that respect? <laughs> but of course, now the, all the restrictions are going, which means that you won't automatically have to go off sick if you test positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. So I can, it almost looks like they knew that in advance, yeah. um, the, that you will need to record the reason why the person went off sick. And it may just be that it's it's prudent and you may not want people coming into your office who tested positive for COVID, giving mm-hmm. it to everybody else. Um, but it, I thought that was an interesting um, feature that they want you to record the reason. Yes, yeah. Mm. Like you said, yeah. It's a bit of a strange one in some respects, but as you said, maybe maybe they saw this change coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Presumably, you'll just be able to record um, COVID symptoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so moving on to a slightly different topic now, which is making tax digital. So I noticed there was updates in the newsline on that. So could you just summarise what the most recent changes to that Yes, at the moment, making tax tax digital applies to the VAT returns of anybody who's over the VAT registration uh, limit. So people who have more than 85 grand in turnover are already in making tax digital. From next April, uh, from this April, it will apply to anybody who is VAT registered. So people who have registered themselves for VAT for whatever reason, uh, even though they're below the limit, now have to um, move to making tax digital. Um, in the newsline, you really need to check 
um, that you've got this right before you move into it, because once you start doing making tax digital, you can't go back. You can't go back and uh, to the old portal. Um, but hopefully people will be ready by now. Um, I really hope they are. I, I think as a general rule, um, this is this is a really difficult time over the next few years as we gradually move into making tax digital for income tax. Personally, I think it's one of those things like, um, I don't know, the move to decimalisation, where the government mm. really ought to be doing some preparation. It's a huge change for everybody who has to make a tax return. And leaving it to the market seems a very poor show to me. But there you go. The, the different software providers are listed on a page on gov.uk. But to the continued frustration of everybody in the industry, it doesn't really indicate which of them have any free software. So, you know, people who have registered for VAT but only have Tottenham's Hapney in turnover really don't want to be paying £25 a month for software to enable them to do their VAT returns. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people with um, small amounts of um, self-assessment income should be having to pay that amount. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and are they and they are they stating that you have to use software of some sort to to make that switch yes. as you said to digital? Making, so you can't sort of use an Excel spreadsheet, for example, and and upload that. It has to be some software that captures the information well, for you. You can use bridging software. You can use software that takes your Excel spreadsheets and converts them into okay um, something that the HMR system can accept. Right. But, yeah, <clears throat> yes. There's no HMRC making tax digital in the way that there is for self-assessment, where you can just go onto the yes. HMRC website and fill it in that way. You don't need an intermediary bit of software. Mm. And I think that's that's the basic um, problem of the, the whole thing, that for the very smallest traders, there should have been something free that HMRC had provided. Otherwise, you don't know what your what you're getting yourself into, a lot of mm. research needed, I think, for people. Yeah, and um, and there's, like you said, there's a time pressure to, to, to get that active, isn't there? So you don't yeah. want to make the wrong decision and then be stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, although to be fair, most, uh, well, a lot of the software providers provide a free service um, that you then can convert to the paid service. I'm just not sure how many of us are going to want to sign up for a free service and then sign up for a different free service in six months' time and, and so on, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, the best thing, the best advice I can give is look for something that gives you other benefits, that makes mm. life easier in some other way, that produces yeah. invoices for you, that records your expenses for you, that makes life easier. That was the whole idea between behind making tax digital. It started off being called make tax easier, make tax simpler. So <laughs> we've now gone to nakedly make tax digital. But, you know, look for something that will make your life easier if yeah. you can find it. Yeah, it makes, mm. makes sense. Just to conclude, really, um, I was just an opportunity for you to talk about any other tax issues you think our members need to know about um, and that we may have le le left off our questions. So is, is there anything we've left off? Um, let's think. I, uh, there's nothing um, major apart from making tax digital that I can see coming down the line towards us. The, I did have a little bit of feedback on the last issue with people saying, 
Well, there's no point telling us how to fill in our corporation tax returns because anybody who has a corporation tax return has an accountant to fill it in, which I thought was well, not necessarily strictly accurate. <laughs> it was interesting feedback. I'll be writing a bit in the next um, tax line about the coronavirus support scheme and the possibility of penalties. There's something mm. I haven't quite got my head around yet um, where there's a suggestion that if you haven't given your employees enough coronavirus support, mm-hmm. um, they may be underpaid, so you may have to pay penalties. And I, I can't I can't quite get my head around that. So I'm looking into it and I'll I'll um, try and set it out in, in clear language in the next issue. And also um, the coronavirus support um, scheme is is one of the responsibilities of the senior accounting officers. So it is something that you can't just outsource to your accountant, which right. you filled in can have um, a very personal effect on the senior accounting officer if you get it wrong. So, um, yeah, I was interested in the feedback, but sadly it is something you do need to know about. I was going to say, having that knowledge yourself, is it's got to be good, irrespective of you, have, you know, using an external accountant for that service. Having the knowledge yourself has got to be useful. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and when you say coronavirus support, do you mean um, furlough payments? Yes, I do. Great. Okay. Um, so, Wendy, so I, I know you have a website, is that right, as well? Or um, do, you, do you want to promote that? Or <laughs> uh, No, I have a personal okay. blog. I mean, a, personal. Okay. my personal website is called Tintax with two eyes, right. where yeah. I sometimes look sarcastically at the consultations the government is putting out. <laughs> but actually, for, for the past couple of years, I just have been too depressed at the whole thing. <laughs> I may start uh, looking at it again, but you just get to the point of going, oh, why do they bother? <laughs> why do I bother? Yeah. But you, men- you mentioned that you, you do a bit of social media. Um, are you on Twitter, did you say? Yes. Yes, I tweet <laughs> at Wendy Bradley. At Wendy Bradley. There, well, there we go. You can always get people to follow you if they want to get a bit of uh, entertainment on some of the <laughs> some of the bits the yeah, government announced. I, I tend not to be a tax tweeter very much, although I do follow tax Twitter. I tend to tweet a little bit more about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Emmerdale, and uh, <laughs> Question Time. So you know, there you don't, go. don't follow me hoping for hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good. That's been, that's been really interesting. Thank you, Wendy. Um, and the key message, I think, is if you haven't done your self-assessment, do it this weekend. Yeah, I shall be doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for members, uh, we include the, the tax um, the tax news line in all of our member bulletins every month. So keep an eye out for that. And we'll, we'll be putting them in the members area of the website as well. So for all your tax needs, that, that's there. So, Wendy, thank you very much once again. And um Hopefully, we'll speak to you again in the future at some point. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. So that's it for this tax special episode of Rooftop. Thank you very much to Wendy for a very thought-provoking discussion. And I'm sure there are lots of useful nuggets for you all to take away there. Make sure you prepare for the upcoming changes to the health and social care levy that will impact your national insurance contributions. So please do share with your friends and colleagues and on social media. 
and we hope you tune into the next episode. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Back on.